the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardee. I'm a business coach for entrepreneurs and a meditation and mindfulness instructor. I teach you how to give less fucks and own your authentic confidence so you can launch and scale your purposeful online business and change the world. On this podcast, you'll hear from me and amazing guests on mindset, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. Girl, let's do the damn thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Canon Confidence Podcast. So happy you're here with me today. I have a really awesome interview today with Cody Burns. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. He is so inspirational and so enlightening and just a man of his faith. It's beautiful to hear his story. I, yeah, I'm so excited to dive into this. So Cody Burns is an award-winning speaker and a number one best-selling author. His life underwent a major shift in 2013 after a horrific traffic accident left his body burned and scarred. After years of countless surgeries and innumerable physical and emotional hurdles, Cody has since founded his own nonprofit, Burn Foundation, and is on a mission to spread his story of inspiration, hope, and recovery to everyone he meets. Cody has been featured on many TV and radio shows around the world, and his message has encouraged thousands. Be prepared to have an experience that will motivate you out of bondage and into a life of freedom. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be absolutely incredible. I just can't wait for everyone to hear your nuggets of wisdom, hear about your faith and how it carried you through. So yeah, let's hear your story, Cody. Tell us, tell us it all. Tell us the whole story. Okay. Well, yeah, um, I grew up in Indiana. I now live in Tampa, Florida. And growing up, um, I was uh, one of those boys that just had a wild imagination. And uh, so at a young age, I uh, started going to church and I went to a kid's camp one summer. And at this kid's camp, they had a camp speaker like most. And the camp speaker also had a special skill. And he was a juggler. And so as a little boy, that stuck with me. And I thought, wow, that would be so cool to someday do. And so uh, I, and so yeah, but then as I was watching this juggler, this speaker and this juggler, I recognized that he was up there to not just entertain us kids, but to give us something of value. And that really stuck with me as a little boy. And something on the inside of me in that moment, which I believe was God, it was saying that someday you're going to be doing this. And so all through my young years, I pursued this calling that I felt God was wanting me to do, and that was speak. And so I would begin speaking in our kids' church and speaking to my peers, and then as well as teaching myself how to juggle. And so fast forward um, to even whenever I'm out of high school, I'm speaking at a kids' camp in Oklahoma City to hundreds of children juggling and doing just that. So it was kind of full circle. And so I've always been very passionate about uh, wanting to give hope to people. And that's truly the whole call, is just sharing God's love and ultimately spreading a positive message because I believe there's so many people in our world today that need that. And so along with, when I got out of high school, I don't want to get ahead of myself, I need some more coffee. Uh, when I got out of high school, I went to a ministry training program and I got my pastoral credentials. And so along with traveling the country and speaking at kids' camps and doing these things, I was a children's pastor. And so uh, it was on a Friday afternoon, I was preparing for our upcoming kids' service. 
but then I had a meeting over at a university where I was going to be doing a comedy and juggling show because a lot of times, not only did I do, did I do a lot of uh, Christian events, I got to do some secular events, I got to do some circus stuff, uh, and so it was a lot of fun. So driving back to my church office after the meeting at the university because I was going to be doing the show there, I was stopped at a red light on the highway, and it was at this red light my entire life as I knew it drastically changed. And everything that I share is truly information that is given to me by first responders, police reports, witnesses, and so forth. Um, but what I am told is I was stopped at this red light, and I was rear-ended by a refrigerator box truck that did not stop. And it was going full highway speed. It was going 60, 65 miles per hour. Whenever it hit my vehicle, uh, my car blew up into flames. And so the truck pushed me through the intersection into an embankment. When the first responders came to the scene, just by the looks of it, they said it's a fatality. There's no way anybody could survive this. And so they had then called the coroner. Uh, but however, by the grace of Almighty God, they saw my hand move and they changed their plans. And uh, they t it took them a good hour to get me out of this thing. And there is images available online. And it's one of those things, it's like I can share this story, but when you see the impact of what I actually survived, it's, it's quite uh, remarkable. I'm amazed by it. And so the Sheriff's Department took hundreds of these photos, so I'm able to view them and share them. Uh, but once they got me out of the car, they put me on a stretcher, they life-flighted me to a hospital in Evansville, Indiana, which is the southern part of the state. And then they redirected me to Indianapolis, Indiana, where I was into the, uh, taken to a burn unit, where I was put into a coma on full life support uh, for three weeks. And I had severe burn injuries. Uh, my face had second-degree burns, uh, but second-degree burns, they don't scar. And so, but then I had third and fourth degree burns, which I never knew there was such a thing. And what that is, is it burns through all your fat cells down to bone and muscle. And in some cases, it requires amputation. And so 40% of my body was burned, my legs, my arms. I have a spot on my lower back. Luckily, nothing else. Uh, but it was very drastic. I also had broken vertebrae, torn ligaments, uh, you know, you name it. And so a lot of hurdles took place. And... You know, I, I'll, I can pause there and see if you want to say anything, but <laughs> yeah, that's so far. Wow, such an incredible story, and it's kind of just beginning. I definitely want to hear, you know, what happened when you woke up from the coma and all of that, and thank goodness you survived. What I want you to touch on, though, a lot of people, this is when they lose faith. They, they have trauma that they've been through and they want to kind of place that blame on God and almost say, you know, that he chose to do that to us or something like that. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that and how you kind of took, you know, almost the opposite approach in your recovery. And if you did have any times of kind of that being angry towards God, um, would love to hear that perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I'll... Um... I'll start that by just saying, you know, coming out of the coma, and I remember my family being there, and specifically I'll talk about my mom. My mom and I, we are extremely close, as well as my father, but my mom, there's that special bond between us, and um, she's she's a praying mom, and she's always, all of my family, they, we've always supported each other, and she, she's they've always supported the vision I've had for my life, which I believe God was calling me to give hope and spread his love, and like I said, children's pastor traveling the country, speaking to 
really up to this point, it was, it's been thousands of kids. I had, I had just gotten back from speaking to children in Cuba and doing ministry work over there. So, you know, you're on this journey. Life is going great. I was 23 years old when all this happened. And so I remember coming to, and my mom was there, and she said, you know, Cody, you've been severely burned, and, uh, you know, your recovery, it's not going to be easy. But no matter what, do not lose sight of your vision. And those words stuck with me. And, of course, obviously when you're coming out of a coma and you recognize what all happened to you, you're still like, I didn't see this coming. And then obviously you have those moments of like, why me? You know, did I do something wrong? God, what, what, you know, this wasn't what I envisioned for my life. I'm trying to do everything I can right. I'm not perfect by any means, but, you know, I'm on this journey. I'm trying to do good and, and uh, help children and, and, you know, minister and share your love. And those questions, they stuck with me all throughout my recovery. However, at the same time, I was very grateful to be alive. Okay, guys, interrupting this episode to give you our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Usual Wines. Usual Wines are for the modern drinker. Each bottle is 6.3 ounces, a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine. So no more squeezing that cork back into that bottle, trying to save the last little bit, because the single size format and the perfect size. Usual Wines are made from world-class AVAs in California and are made with minimal intervention, zero sugar, and zero additives. These wines are low carb and have zero grams of sugar. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called Ruth. They also have a limited production Ruth Rosé just for the summer. So head over to their website at www.usualwines.com and use my discount code CONFIDENCE for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. And, you know, my family and the support system and actually my entire community uh, come from a small town. They Everyone came out to pray and encourage you know, my brother had started up a Facebook page at the time and informing people of my injuries and my pro- my progress through this. And just seeing people's posts and comments really encouraged me a lot. But I was in the burn unit for two and a half months, and I had many, many surgeries during that time. And then I had to go to a rehabilitation center. I had to relearn to walk and use my hands again. Uh, it was quite drastic. Uh, but through it all... You know, I, I had this inner tuggle of like, okay, I'm, I'm grateful to be alive, but at the same time, here I am, my body is now scarred, and life will no longer be as though it once was. And so I had spoken at a church before all this happened. It was in Illinois, and someone had um, connected me with him. He said, you know, you need to get with Pastor So-and-so. He knows the speaker, and uh, he I think he'd be a good fit. And so I got in contact and so he connected me with this uh, minister that has been around for years his name is Dave Reaver and he's also a burn survivor he served uh, he served in Vietnam and um, as he was going to throw a hand grenade a sniper had shot it and it blew up all over his body his face is scarred he's got fingers amputated but for years he battled with uh, suicidal thoughts and depression and he was doing a television interview and he, he shared with me this story and he said the lady had asked me she said you know Dave, Dave, do you know why God allowed this to happen to you? And he said, at the time, it frustrated me. And he said, no, I don't know why. And, you know, she, she had told him, the lady, she said, you know, God did not do this to you, but he allowed it to happen because he could trust you with the scars. And he said that statement changed his entire life and his ministry. And 
and since then, I mean, the man's, he's got an incredible legacy and, you know, he's helped millions of people. And so I kind of look at my story, the whole, in that same light, you know, I, I don't believe God did this to me. I believe we live in a world where things happen. And, you know, this really caused me to, to search the Bible a little more uh, deeper um, versus than just surface level and just kind of like, oh, you know, nice, happy message. But in the reality of it is, is, um, you know, life, whether I'm a Christian or if I'm not a Christian, things are going to happen. And, you know, we see often, sadly, that, you know, bad things happen to good people. And, you know, we, 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 we will never have all the answers this side of heaven, but there is such a thing as uh, a Christian apologetics, and it's a really interesting study, and you really dive into that. But you start recognizing that we have free will. Things happen in our world. And I, and I believe the driver of the truck, which he was fine, might I add, he was fine. He walked away from that incident with no injuries whatsoever. Uh, but I, on the other hand, was left uh, mangled, scarred, and burned alive. Uh, but he was operating in his free will. And so I love the verse Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I have seen that to be true in my own life. Yeah, I completely agree with your perspective there. Um, I, I think it is free will and we've created vehicles and we've created all types of things in our society that can cause us pain and problems. I certainly don't think that God is you know, choosing who this affects and who this happens to. So I'd love to hear in your story, kind of like where the turning point was when you decided that this was something you could use for good and that you needed to speak on this and, and make something out of this whole situation of trauma. I'd love to know when that kind of um, took place for you. Yeah, well, and, and you know, it all goes back to that, that vision. And, you know, I think everybody deep down, we have to discover that why. Why are we doing what we're doing? You know, what is our, our, our true motive? And, you know, when, I write, when you come to know Jesus, you know, you're, you're, it's a life of surrender and, and coming to know him intimately. And ultimately, you know, my purpose is to spread God's love and share the good news with the world. And that's always been my vision. And so going through this, I, you know, I had a lot of, I have a lot of mentors, a great support system that encouraged me through it. But then I, you know, like I said, I was a children's pastor. And so all these years that I was speaking something, you know, we can talk something all day long. But, you know, when rubber hits the road and tragedy strikes, you know, it's, it's a whole nother ball game. And you, your faith is put to the test. And my faith was put to the test. And here I am. I've got all these children that I was once speaking to. They're watching me. You know, the greatest example is how we live our lives, not just, you know, talking it. And so I had to see this as an opportunity to really encourage people because it was already doing so on social media. And I knew that my, my ultimate vision was to spread hope, to spread God's love. Even though I had been speaking to children, I knew that someday this was going to turn into a worldwide ministry, a worldwide uh, opportunity to you know, spread the good news. And so this whole tragedy really kind of served to be just that. And so once I started seeing people were being encouraged, doors started opening uh, to, you know, speak more to adults and to uh, teenagers. And then, you know, ever since, I mean, here I'm, I'm seven years out. I'm, I'm now 30 years old, and it's been quite remarkable to see the journey 
you know, I've released a book, I've traveled, I've done all these things, I've spoken in correctional facilities, I've spoken to other burn survivors. Uh, my story has been shared on national television shows that stream all over the world, really. And so you see all these things, and it, it's like the vision is a, being accomplished. It may not be how I had originally thought, but it's happening on a whole greater scale. And it's just like, I know that it's only through God and him being able to take one of the worst experiences of my life and ter totally turning it around. Uh, but it's been a process getting to that. You know, it, it's not been overnight. Um, you know, I did have my struggles of, of depression. I had to go through the stages of forgiving the driver that hit me uh, and recognizing that I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't condone his actions. However, at the same time, forgiveness is like it's for myself. I'm being freed from that. Uh, and so there's all these different things. But through it all, it's turned into a powerful message that I can find all these different parallels and, and, and relate with everyday people. I love that you brought up forgiveness. Um, so what tips do you have for people who have something like this that they need to forgive or have people in their past they need to forgive in order for them to move on? Because as you said, it's, it's for us. It's for us to have that freedom, but it can be so, so challenging. So what steps do you recommend to, to do that? Yeah, and and that is, you know, if, each person, it's, it's, it's very different. And you know, uh, forgiveness is one of those things when you have to look at it in such a way that it's more so for yourself and moving on because of the reality of it is, is, you know, the people that hurt us, they're sleeping at night. Uh, and, you know, we're the ones that have, are left with the scars, if you will. And so it's learning to not allow those scars to keep us limited for the rest of our life. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, when, you know, I, and I look at Christ, you know, and I obviously, I respect so many people. I respect everybody's belief. Uh, obviously I'm very devoted in my walk with Christ. Uh, however, you know, I look at him and I look at, you know, what he did for me on the cross. And if he can forgive me for, you know, my sin, for all the poor choices I have made in my life, you know, who am I to not forgive somebody else? You know, Jesus, I believe, still to this day, he has he, he carries the scars that um, he had, you know, nailed in his hands and the nail nailed to his feet. Those scars are still existence, but those scars represent what he did for us on that cross. And if you know, and that it's really biblical. It's like if we want to be forgiven for our sins, for our wrongdoing, we must forgive others. And so I, I look to that as the greatest example that really helped me get through this, um, as well as just, you know, listen, this is for myself and moving on. That is such a powerful message and so true. Like, until we can learn to forgive others and forgive our circumstances, can we really learn to forgive ourselves? That is so, so, so important to cover, and I appreciate that. One thing that I... I I've heard you before discussing a phrase, playing the cards you are dealt like they were the cards you really wanted in, in terms of this whole perspective of turning this into a positive. Would love you to touch on that and, and tell us what that means to you. Yeah, uh, that was a quote that was given to me by one of my mentors who had passed last year. His name was Sean Stevenson. He was really big in the uh, corporate world. 
Uh, I love that man, him and his wife. Uh, still, I talked with his wife just last uh, Sunday, or this past Sunday. And so uh, he had given me that, and, it was, and it's the key to success is playing the hand you were dealt like it was the hand that you wanted. And uh, I, I see that to be true in my own life. And, you know, and I'll, I'll connect this even to with, with my book. The title of it is Scar Release. And, you know, I think my scars have served me very well because they, they've became a platform in which I can achieve my ultimate vision and it has to give hope. Uh, but there's a lot of people, unfortunately, they, they go through life and they've been scarred, they've been injured. You know, maybe it's not physical scars, but it's those emotional scars. And if we allow them to, they can limit us for the rest of our life. And see, uh, as a burn survivor, I have contracture scars. And I'll, I'll use the uh, in relation metaphor analogy. Um, you know, on my hands, my hands were severely burned. And so they do the skin grafts, and as the uh, skin, the grafts heal, you know, that scar, it can tighten. And if you're not constantly moving it, um, sometimes you, you could be, and it's still just you can't escape the fact that it can just limit you, especially if it occurs over the top of a joint. Uh, my hand being the, the case where I couldn't, use uh, I couldn't even hold on to a bottle of water and so my web spaces uh, in between my fingers they had it, it really scarred up big time and so the therapist she told me said Cody you're going to need to go in and uh, have a scar release a procedure and I said okay and what a scar release procedure is is when the surgeons they go in they cut the scar at its root and it allows you to be mobile again a scar release does not remove the appearance of the scar it allows the mobility to move with the scar. And I take that and I relate it with everybody is that we cannot get rid of the scars that we carry, but we can move with them. And if we take what life has dealt us, these scars, and we move forward, these scars are a representation of the hell that God brought you out of. And there's so many people in today's world that could use your story or, or could benefit from the lessons that you've learned and not only yourself you know life is short life is so precious at the same time and and do not allow what happened yesterday to keep you from the blessings of tomorrow and I tell everybody this it's all a matter of what we do today that's what makes the difference that is awesome such a profound way of putting it I absolutely love that quote and I definitely am going to carry that with me. So I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now who maybe have are thinking of a situation that they know they could look at differently and shift their perspective and even use that to help others. I guess what advice would you give to someone who wants to use what they've been through for good whether that's on a public platform or even just uh, to be more inspiring to their friends and family through it? What would you say to that person who wants to do that? Yeah. Well, and I always tell people that, you know, I have like, a, it's EPIC and it's an acronym. And the E stands for Embrace Challenges. And the, the reality of it is, is that challenge will always present itself at one level or another. And we just, going through life, we have to recognize that they're always going to happen. So therefore, we embrace it. And then the P stands for Provide Perspective. Shift your perspective, so to speak. And look at the bright side of things. And recognize that you're not alone. And the I is implement change. 
It's, it's finding the lessons through the difficulties and applying them to our everyday life. And then the C is celebrate and serve. Celebrate and serve. That is where I'm at right now. And I tell you, it has been one of the greatest privileges. You know, and I, I like I said, I'm seven years out, and I would not change a thing. People say, would you go back and you would, would you change what happened to you? And I would not because it has taught me so much about life that I never would have. It's allowed me to mature in ways that most 30-year-olds are not. And I'm forever grateful. And I think recognizing the blessing and, and what we have gone through, yeah, you know what, it may not have been fun at the time. But the reality of it is is that we, we, we dealt with it. And we better make the most of it. And we can. That's the thing. We can. And I think scars are a badge of honor. And when you begin to display them with others, and you, when you see other people being helped and encouraged, there's no greater reward than that. No greater reward. I mean, one of the that's that's why I believe I have the greatest job in the world. And getting to you know speak on podcasts, TV shows, whatever it is. But the, the you know it's it's not about the fame. It's not about me it's about the people that i'm having the honor and the privilege to serve and just saying you know what there's hope there's hope no matter what you're going through today there is hope and when you begin to look outside of yourself and, and the legacy that you want to leave life takes on a whole nother meaning and it's, it's it's beautiful and so i encourage everybody to look to others see and uh, see the opportunities that are that are out there like I, like I mentioned, I got to speak, I, I still speaking and encouraging to, you know, burn survivors, other young adults. And, I mean, the opportunities, they're just continuing to, to present themselves. And it's been amazing, truly amazing. Yeah, so true. And I, I really, really believe that our purpose on earth is to help others. And that's where we get our joy from. I, I really believe that helping others creates so much joy in our own lives, so much gratitude in our lives. That's just so powerful. So I'd also love to hear, you know, you're a best-selling author. I'd love to hear about your journey, starting your nonprofit, writing your book. What kind of challenges did you face on that journey? How did that all pan out and start? Tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, the nonprofit, um, it was formed uh, along with, you know, my, my just my ministry really in general. And that, you know, I recognize the need of there's so many uh, survivors that need help. And, you know, financially, uh, God has been very good to me and have been faithful to help me through this. But however, there's a lot of survivors that unfortunately, uh, that's not the case. And so, you know, I, I look at my life as I'm blessed to be a blessing. And so uh, that's what really inspired me to create this foundation to encourage other burn survivors uh, to receive um, more so that emotional support in getting through this type of injury because it's a lifelong injury and it's not like, you know, you, you have it and then, you know, it's, it's gone tomorrow. It's something that you continually have to uh, monitor the scars. They're there uh, and it's learning how to, to live with them. And so, uh, that is is a great honor for me to be able to you know fund uh, survivors to go to conferences, uh, give them uh, the the right uh, materials that they need to overcome. And so there's that side of things. But then the book, uh, I had many people. They told me they said, "Cody, you really need to write a book." And of course, I never imagined myself writing a book. That was never you know if you would ask me you know ten years ago or or seven years ago, I'd be like, "Really? No, I don't see that happening." 
um, and it's not a big book. It's it's a very you know it's a very simple uh, conversational book, and uh, the journey of writing it took me about a good year, and I had many many editors that helped me, and you know it was a learning pro. A pro process but it was also very therapeutic you know just to write it out and to remember some of these stories but then it also helped me open my eyes all the more because I really wanted it to not be a just about me it's really uh, about the people that are reading it and trying to find those ways I can connect with them through my story and really relating to those emotional scars and so uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> it's it's not been easy because I self-published, and a lot of my mentors they all encouraged me. They said, really nowadays that's the best way to go about doing that. And so you know I did all my own uh, promotional campaign and so forth. But at the end of the day, it, you know it, it's rewarding to know that people are being encouraged because my book, you know, it's it's it is on the shelves in correctional facilities. It's it's on the shelf, I know, in one theological seminary. I mean, there's burn survivors, there's patients, there's youth, there's adults that are, uh, you know, reading this book, and they're being encouraged. And so it's very, very rewarding. That is awesome. So I know you had some mentors along the way that were really impactful for you. What about any books that you read uh, that were about mindset or helped you carry through, helped you survive and, and normally survive, but really thrive out of this situation. Anything like that that you would recommend for us to read? Yeah, that, um, I'll say, you know, there, there's been a, a few different books. Um, you know, most important book has been obviously the Bible, but I'll say Sean Stevenson, my mentor that passed, he wrote a great book. It's Get Off Your Butt. And it's a B-U-T, and uh, it's a very good, inspirational, encouraging book. And uh, I'll also talk about another book that I've read, and it's by Benjamin Hardy, and it's uh, Willpower Doesn't Work. And it's basically a book that talks about the empower, or the, the power in our environment. You know, we are a byproduct—excuse me. I had I need more coffee. This is crazy. We are a byproduct of who we surround ourselves with. And so it's, you know, if you want to produce good results in your life, it's very important that you surround yourself with those individuals that are doing just that. And you know, I look at even what I went through. I would not be as far as long as I am uh if I didn't have that good strong support system. And we are in charge of putting those individuals into place. You know, some people, they unfortunately, they weren't born into a family that can encourage them or be there for them. But, you know, we're in charge of our life. If we want to find good people to help us get through things, find those people and cherish those friendships. So, uh, yeah, those two books, I'll say off the top of my head, Get Off Your Butt and Willpower Does Not Work. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that as well. Truly, the people we surround ourselves with in our environment is absolutely important. I love your your message there that as adults, we get to choose, right? We're responsible for that. I think that that's something that not everybody really, really is taking responsibility for in their lives. So, Cody, it has been incredible having you on the show. I want to thank you so much for coming on. By now, everyone is thinking, I want to buy this book. I want to follow this guy on social media. Where can we get the book? Where can we follow you? Tell us all the things. Yes, uh, you can. If you go to my website, it is codyburns.com, C O D Y B Y R N S.com. 
Um, on there, there's different links that can direct you to my social, uh, social media outlets. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, and then I have a link on there as well for my book. If they would like, they can uh, just put their name and email in, and they can get uh, the, free, the first chapter of the book for free, download it, try it out, see if they're going to like it. And uh, yeah, but I'd be more than happy to, to connect with you. I know that there is a coaching program that is in the works. Right now, I'm in the process of creating that where I'm really wanting to uh, help individuals get that mindset uh, to achieve their goals, and it's, it's going to be very exciting. So you can be on the lookout for that as well. Yay. Okay, awesome. I'm sure everyone is going to want to buy that book. We're all excited to support your journey. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. You're awesome, Cody, and I can't wait to stay in touch with you. Oh my goodness, well thank you for having me. It has truly been an honor.